Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. How are you guys doing this week? I'm doing swell. How are you doing this week, Josh? Swell. Swell. Swell's a good word. I don't think I've said the word swell maybe ever, (laughs) but I feel swell, Jimmy. Ever? That's a shame. We're in the middle of a leave it to beaver. Leave it to beaver. Leave it to beaver. Leave it to beaver episode. (laughs) How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing swell. Swell, buddy. Thanks. How about you? Does anybody listening even know what leave it to beaver is anymore? I don't know, but I want to know what leave it to beaver is. Leave it to Beavit. Or leave it to Beavis and Butthead. Yay. That's the uh, that's the remake that they're the yeah. movie that they're gonna re- release. <laughs> because basically every T V show that you've ever heard of, they're trying to develop into a movie. Yeah, every Disney movie's getting turned into one as well, a live action. They're like redoing them again too. Well those are just fairy tales. Like, I know. The things we call Disney movies are fairy tales. Are just fairy yeah, tales. Yeah. Fairy tales. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert, the glass slipper. Fits. It does fit, and she's gonna fi- she's gonna find her way to the print. Um, it was actually funny when I watched. It's gonna Cinderella. be really interesting to see what they do for the sequel for Cinderella two. <laughs> so because you know they're going to, it made a gajillion dollars. Yeah, I also wonder what they're gonna do. I mean, apparently Ian McKellen is cast as uh, the clock in uh, Beauty, and the, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I mean, are they gonna do like CG clocks with Ian McKellen's voice? Like maybe they'll do that. Um, that forced perspective thing that uh, they do for Lord of the Rings. For Hobbits. You, just, yeah. you make Ian McKellen the size of a desk-sized clock. They, well, he did it the opposite way, right? They made yeah, him giant. Yeah, they made him big. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, anyway, let's go over today's topic very quickly. We are doing the top 10 green cards for Elder Dragon Highlander slash Commander. Yes. Green, uh, we've done white, we've done red, mm-hmm. we did artifacts. And so this is a series that we're doing. We'll probably get done with all of them colors and then we'll start doing dual colors yep. and blah 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 so green was um it's tougher than i thought it was gonna be yeah there's a lot of good stuff in green and i didn't realize it but i think green is actually my second most played color or my top most in my decks outside of red um i'm blue and then green also yeah i think i think that's why i'm usually I think i'm usually teamer mm. in terms of color color mm-hmm, identification mm-hmm. um i think i prefer bant but i like bant too yeah i also like esper but how could you not that have doesn't red, have green josh Red. Yeah, red's probably my least played color. <laughs> yeah, uh, see, I'm either Teamer or I am Marchesa's colors. Marchesa's colors. Grixis. Grixis, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is just switching out blue, I mean green and black. So you like blue and red. Yes, and I definitely then, like blue and red. Yeah. yeah. Splinter's win, baby. Here we go. <laughs> um, a quick shout out as well to Gavin Gorka, the uh, son of one of our listeners, Robert, who uh, I hear you're a big fan of VGHS, Gavin. Uh, I'm a big fan of you, buddy, because you're a big fan of VGHS. I'm glad that you like the show and enjoy the show. Um, if you have Twitter, tweet at me. Let me know, like, you know, let me know what your favorite part is or something you laughed at, and uh, I'll tweet you back, bud. Sweet. VGHS is back. awesome. It is pretty awesome. If you guys yeah. haven't seen it, we at one point plugged it every day of the every week of the show. Yeah, you know, we should have plugged it. Um, well, it's it's still timely because it's right. It's on Netflix. Yeah, season so. three just hit Netflix starting April thirteenth until who knows forever. Hopefully, forever ever. Yeah, it's actually forever ever. <laughs> forever ever. It's actually funny because people will tweet at me and be like, "Oh my gosh, season three is out." I'm like, "Uh, yes." In a matter of speaking, it is out. <laughs> it also came out in October, but now that it's on Netflix, it, it's amazing how many more people get to see it because of that, which is really cool. 
Yeah, it's, it's it not, makes it easier for people to watch it. And, yeah. all, you know, this is maybe the first time a lot of people get to watch it, like, on their TV set, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Which Good is point. a different experience. I mean, not that you couldn't before, but a lot of people don't have that setup at home. Yeah. And, uh, this show looks really good on the TV because I mean, we filmed it with really nice cameras. Yeah, and the scope of it is, is really large that you want as big a screen as possible and yeah. as nice of a sound system as possible. So the whole experience of watching it can be very different than if you just watched it on your iPad or your laptop. Yeah. And so. we did mix it for 5.1 mm-hmm. surround sound, and we had an orchestra record a lot of the pieces as well. So, you know, there is a lot of merit to seeing it on the big screen. Um, and it's funny that most people watched it on their phones or computers, considering it was something that, you know, it's it's like 2K resolution. It's huge. Well, and, and, yeah, and the sound, I, I think, is a really good point. Like, all the car racing and the explosions and oh, the gunfire yeah. and all Much that stuff. Realistic. Yeah, and it, it'll, just, it'll just feel like you're in the middle of it a lot more. So yeah. I would definitely Super. encourage people to check it out, maybe even if you've already seen it. Yeah, super immersive. Um, also, we were on the Brainstorm Brewery podcast last week, which is really exciting because those guys are great, and it was a real honor to be on the podcast. Yeah, it was super fun. Uh, the brew crew, Marcel, Corbin, Ryan, Jason Alt, who has been on our show, mm-hmm. they're big finance experts. Uh, so you can definitely find them on on iTunes, or you can go to brainstormbrewery.com, and you can find the podcast there. Also, they have a whole bunch of articles, yeah. not even always finance-related, but a lot of it is. Um, we, we often point people in the direction of that podcast when they ask us financial financial questions. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys know what they're talking about when it comes to magic finance. Yeah. And... I mean, Ryan and Jason, I believe, and well, Corbin does some coverage stuff, but mm-hmm. Ryan and Jason make their living buying, selling, trading magic cards. Yeah. Like, so they know all about finance because they literally, that's how they make their living. So, yeah. you know, they know what they're talking about. They definitely do. Uh, and a quick note, their podcast is explicit, so it does have some explicit language in there, so parental discretion is yeah. advised. Sorry, Gavin. You That's probably not for you. <laughs> yes, Gavin. Gavin's seven years old, so yeah. <laughs> he's not ready for that. And Man. again, if he's investing in magic cards and thinking about it that way, I think, I mean, he's got a bright future ahead of him anyway. So I mean, he's probably halfway to paying for college already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, actually, Robert, that's Gavin's dad, uh-huh. you know, go listen to Brainstorm. And, you know, maybe in about 11 years when you got to pay for Gavin's college, you'll be ready. Yeah. I mean, you have to make some big specs <laughs> to pay for Buy tuition. a lot of utter ends. That was my yeah, pick of the week. That was your pick of the week. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the top 10 green cards for EDH. So we explain this each time we do it, uh, but we'll do it again. Uh, both Josh and I have made two separate lists of what we think are the top 10 green cards in EDH. Under twenty five dollars, um, or some, around around there. Yeah, we, we're not going to stretch much past that because we could just say guy's cradle. Uh, yeah, and, and it's unrealistic for most people for naming like really expensive cards. Yeah, so we try and keep it reasonable, but we might stray slightly above or below that. But in general, mm-hmm. we want to stay close to or below the twenty five dollar mark. And ideally, it's closer to the five dollar mark. Um, I think those are the true winners the ones that everyone can afford easily and are incredibly powerful um but unfortunately some of these cards are a little more expensive but we try to keep it in that range in general um the way that we come up with the lists uh we have criteria and we have a lot of things that go into it and it's different for both of us because if you guys look at our old list like we've had different number ones for almost every i think every single one we've had a different number one yeah i think so than the other person did uh so what do you use for criteria um i use a combination of just the mana cost. So obviously if something's cost eight or nine mana, then it's hard for it to ever be very high on the list because there's mm-hmm. just some percentage of games you just don't get that amount of mana. Yep. Um, I also use just, I wonder how useful it is in a variety of decks. So, you know, does it pair well with all the other colors? Like would a blue deck, blue and green deck also want this? Or is mm-hmm. it only like covering like some weakness that red has and all the other colors have better ways to do it? Uh, so that's something I think about. Um, the quadrant theory. Yep. So that's a uh, Marshall Sutcliffe special from Limited Resources. I think it's actually Brian Wong. Yeah, I think Brian brought it to the show. Um, it's this idea that there are quadrants within the game. So there's the developing stage of the game. There's when I'm winning the game. There's when I'm at parity in the game. And there's when I'm losing the game. Mm-hmm. So this is different for our format in that because of the way that's set up with so many players, you're you're losing the game more often yeah. than you're in those other stages. But so uh, still uh, is car- important though. Still is important, and and I'd say in our format, actually, when you're ahead in the game, when you're winning, is in other formats you don't need a lot from that position. Right. So cards that are good only when you're winning aren't very good in other formats, but in ours. You know, if you look at most EH games, there's a point where somebody's ahead, and oftentimes the first person who's ahead in the game doesn't win the game. Um, so being able to close out a game, cards Very that important. sort of slam the door shut when you're already ahead, 
is more important in our format than others. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the last thing I think about is sort of, does it either enable, does the card either enable or combat uh, uh, strategies that are really prevalent in our format? So token decks are really prevalent. Uh, Mm -hmm. Voltron decks are really prevalent. But not just types of decks, but also like effects. So board wraths are super prevalent. So, you know, does it either wrath the board or does it stop wraths? You know, that kind of idea. Pretty much. Uh, and I pretty much use mostly the same criteria. Um, and, you know, if I'm being hypocritical at some point, we'll find out very soon. But uh, let's just start off with our lists. And we both usually start at 10 because that's how long the list is. It and would we'll, be anticlimactic if we start with one and counter backwards. Yeah, that wouldn't be very fun. Uh, and then we'll go back and forth until we reach our number ones. And then we'll, we'll have some honorable mentions as well. And then we'll, uh, we'll talk about a little bit more. And, of course, as always, we want to hear what you guys think if we miss something. Because there have been cases where, I mean, it's EDH is covering a huge part of Manus, uh, Magic's history. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let us It's know. funny to look at the lists. I don't know if funny is the right word, but it's interesting to look at our lists, and you can really see our personalities, our psychographic personalities. Like, yeah, it's true. You're a little bit more Timmy than I am. I'm a little bit more Johnny. And <laughs> so as a result, like, our, our lists really do show that. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm excited. You want to go first? Sure. My number 10 is the one, the only, Yavamaya Elder. Oh, very good card. So Yavamaya Elder is a card that was printed in the Commander sets, uh, and it's also been around for a while. I think it's been around since, like, Tempest, maybe? Um, anyway, it's been around for a while. It's one in the green and the green. It's a 2-1 creature human druid. It's definitely not Tempest. It's something else. It's the one with a little bottle. Urza's Legacy? I think Urza's Legacy. I Who don't knows? know. I don't Urza's, know. Urza's... <laughs> Urza's Destiny. There we go. Hmm. I'm still trying to get all the little pictures and figure out what they're from. But I have no idea looking at the pictures. I know, right? I couldn't even tell you if it was Fate Reforged or not, and that was like (laughs) yesterday. So Yeah. So anyways, the three-mana human druid. That's a 2-1. And when Yavamaya Elder dies, you may search your library for up to two basic land cards, reveal them, and put them into your hand. If you do, shuffle your library. And you can also just pay two to sacrifice Yavamaya Elder and draw a card. So you can draw a card and go do the other effect. Yes, exactly. So you're sacking him to essentially trigger his own effect and get two basics, and you're not putting them into play, but you are putting them into your hand, and then you're shuffling your library, and you're drawing an extra card on top of that. So he is a three-for-one. Yeah, and usually you, if you if you do it, you can get a free block out of it. Mm-hmm. So he's not just a three-for-one. He actually prevents some damage sometimes, Yeah, too. he'll stand in front of something and block before you have to sack him. Uh, the reason he's at number 10 for me is because I think he's a very good card in a lot of stages of the game just because he's card draw at its very worst mm-hmm. and he does actually significantly put you in the position where you are safe to hit land drops if mm-hmm. you're missing colors and so he does a lot of fixing and i think the worst time is probably when he's when you're behind in a game but you know at the same time getting the lands to play the cards you need is so important in this format and drawing cards in general is important at the worst if you're behind and it's later in the game he draws he he replaces himself yeah though. exactly so you know even if you don't need those two lands you still draw a card so it didn't mm-hmm. really do anything bad this is a really good card um you know the closest thing i can think of that's like him is solemn simulacrum yeah he is like which the was my solemn number simulacrum. one artifact <laughs> and interestingly i do not have him on my list Oh, interesting indeed. Um, but I, I, it's hard to argue with it. So very good, very good pick. Yeah, I like this guy a lot. Okay, my number ten is Awakening Zone. It uh, was last in Rise of the Eldrazi. Is that right? Yeah, and the, it was printed in one of the the first Commander set. Oh, gotcha. Um, it's two and a green for an enchantment. It says at the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a zero one colorless Eldrazi spawn creature token onto the battlefield. It has. Sacrifice this creature, add one colorless to your mana pool. I love this card. Yeah, every upkeep, it creates a 0-1 creature that you can sack for one colorless mana if you want to. And just be a blocker. Yeah. It's so very important. It's ramp. It's creating creatures mm-hmm. out of nothing. It's great in token strategies, but actually, I put this in non-token. Yeah. Because so often you're like, I want to use this for mana once I have two or three, but if somebody swings at me with a big creature, I'm going to go ahead and just you know throw one of these in the way yeah. and prevent the damage. So. Uh, Not yeah, to mention, this, this does card. stack up quickly, and you can use them at instant speed to get mana. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how like you put it on turn three, and by turn five, you know you've got you've got two of these things, and they've just accelerated you into something huge. Yeah, exactly. Like that turn five, you can now play a ten drop. You know, if you have no other mana rocks or anything else out. Well, it'd be seven because you have to turn play this on turn oh, three. Right, right. Yeah. But then the nice thing is, like sometimes five turns can, later, you could play like yeah. ten or twelve drops. Sometimes out, yeah. you can use this stuff to play like a soul ring or a help you pay yeah. for a gilded lotus that then lets you do more because you use the colorless mana to make it you know to make colored mana, to make colored mana yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah 
good card. Good card. It's actually not on my list either, actually. So we both had 10s that the other one didn't have. Well, 10 is the the area where you sort of freelance a little. It's true. It's true. Um, My number nine is a little interesting. It's a grouping of these kinds of cards, which are Mm -hmm. essentially just sorcery speed ramp for the most part. Uh, Sky Shroud Claim, three and a green uh, sorcery. Search your library for up to two forest cards and put them onto the battlefield. Then shelf for your library. Right. This is sort of like the uh, the big daddy of them because they're not tapped. They're just straight up on the battlefield. And they're so not for, basic forest. Yes. They're two forest, forest cards, cards. So you can get yeah. a bayou and a taiga. Yeah. Very good card. Um, there's also stuff like explosive vegetation, which I think was actually reprinted in Dragons of Tarkir. Uh, yep. And it's essentially the same thing, but the social library for up to two basic land cards and put them onto the battlefield tapped. So you don't get them that turn, but it is still, you know, doing the same thing. You get for four mana, you're, you're changing one card into two lands. Would you consider like Cultivate and Kodama's Reach in here? They're both two and a green, and you go get two basic lands, put one on to the yeah, battlefield and one your in your hand. hand. Yeah. yeah, essentially. Those are the three mana slots for that, and mm-hmm. there's a four mana slot. But I think just this cycle of cards is one of the most important parts to the color. Uh, yeah, it's so, classically green. Yeah, it's yeah. literally explosive vegetation. Couldn't say it more flavorfully. Yeah, I had these cards like in the running and I I felt really bad I didn't actually end up with any of them in my top 10 and they're all good enough to play in in decks but yeah, there's just so much redundancy for that effect. It's mm-hmm. like I just felt like it alone wasn't that powerful because they keep printing it. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is very it it is as far as what green is, I mean It does it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Um my number 9 is acidic slime. So it's a uh, 3 and 2 green. For a 2-2 creature ooze, it has death touch. And it says, when acidic slime enters the battlefield, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or land. A couple of things to note. The fact that it says, or land, very important. Yep. Uh, The fact that it says death touch, pretty relevant. Yep. Uh, So that's why, because some people are like, Reclamation Sage, but Reclamation Sage only kills enchantments and artifacts. Also, it doesn't trade with anything because it's a 2-1. It's a 2-1, You know, Acidic Slime comes in, destroys something relevant, and then blocks and kills something. Yeah. Yeah. And also, of course, you know, that's just the base level. You can flicker it, you can bounce it to your hand and play it again, and you can get into these situations where you're like wrecking every enchantment on the board or every artifact or you know just picking away somebody's lands or Mm -hmm. you know doing broken stuff so yeah yeah this card's really good really versatile yeah um next up for me is a tutor at number eight and thinking about it this again could be a cycle of cards because green does this a lot in different ways but it is the super cheap worldly tutor for one green instant search your library for a creature card reveal it and put the card on top of it after shuffling your library so it's like mystical tutor or enlightened tutor Mm -hmm. um which are all awesome cards i think the the key here the difference that is the reason that i would have also put worldly tutor of all those tutor cards is it's instant yeah and it's one green so you essentially are casting it at the end of the person's end step right before you you don't have to save a lot of mana open to do it Mm and you can sort of do it as a surprise you know if you have a something that can draw you cards you could do it and then draw the card like yeah this is just it's what green's really good at too which is like that's finding like oh they they have a maze of ith out and i have to get rid of it well i'm gonna go get my acidic slime play that destroy the maze of ith blah blah blah. yeah green is very good in general for tutoring four creatures and putting them onto the battlefield some way cheating them out uh so that's my number eight um my number eight we haven't had a single card in common yeah this is crazy but we're getting to it. We we yeah, will near the to top. Soon. We will. Yeah. Um, my next one is Croson Grip. So Croson Grip is two and a green for an instant. It has split second. So what that means is, as long as this spell is on the stack, players can't cast spells or activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. So it can't be countered. It also can't be preempted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what it does is it destroys target artifact or enchantment. So this is guaranteed to work if you play it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, Split second is something I don't think we see enough of in EDH, and it's actually very important because it really says, all right, everyone stop casting spells now. No yep. more. Nothing else gets on the stack except for this. Yep. So you get to do it, the thing, and, and that's very important because green just has trouble. Like, it's going to try and do big, broken things. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, sometimes if you're against a blue deck, you can be really up against it. So being able to just, I destroy this enchantment or artifact, and I know it's going to happen is yeah. really important, yeah. Yeah, I really like split second as a mechanic. Um, and I think it's something, I mean, we could do a whole show on mechanics that aren't used 
that mm-hmm. can be really powerful in the right decks and stuff. And I think Split Second is one of those that, in general, is just good across every archetype of deck. Because the ability to say, like, if someone's getting into a counter war, you can literally cast that and be like, and it's over. Yep, true. Like, you can choose when, like, someone counters something and someone's about to counter it. You can, Actually, I don't know if the, how the priority... It goes around the table in a certain way. But, yeah, you can essentially stop the cycle of spells being cast, which is really interesting. Haven't really seen it used in that manner uh, yet. But uh, someday, someday I'm sure it'll be out but there. But someday. Yeah, someday. Uh, my number seven... Wow, we're just cruising along here. This is great. We are. My number seven is the Avenger of Zendikar. Uh, this guy's a big baddie. He was in World Wake and in Commander as well, the 2013 edition. He's five and two green for a 5-5 five, five creature elemental. When Avenger of Zendikar enters the battlefield, put a 0-1 green plant creature token onto the battlefield for each land you control. And he also has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may place a you may put a plus one plus one counter on each plant creature you control. So he makes dudes and then makes the dudes bigger. Yeah. So essentially, if you play him on turn seven with just regular mana, you get seven zero ones on the battlefield, and then if you play your land for the turn, they all become one twos. And then next turn you play a land, and they're two, two threes. threes. Yeah. It uh, gets out of hand so fast. Not to mention if you have any way of recurring this guy, flickering him, putting him back onto the battlefield, and here's the thing: is like very rarely are you going to get less than like probably five uh, zero ones out of this you know with yeah, like a soul sure. ring or something like in general avenger is going to come out and immediately affect the board in a big big way and in a deck that has things like avenger you're going to play cultivates and mm-hmm. kodama's reaches Coat of arms and, and, and this instead of mana rocks you're going to play stuff that puts more land into play because yeah. you're going to want to take advantage of it so it's yeah it's super super strong yeah in terms of like the token themes the avenger is i feel like he it's hard to beat the amount of value he puts onto the battlefield yep um okay my number seven wow we still don't have any of the same cards we're almost there though we're gonna crash real soon uh is genesis wave (laughs) this card is ridiculous yeah it's three green and x for a sorcery it says reveal the top x cards of your library you may put any number of permanent cards with converted mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Then put all the revealed cards that w- th- that were revealed this way that weren't put onto the battlefield into your graveyard. So usually in EDH, this means you cast it for like 30 and, and you win. reveal the top 30 cards of your library and put every permanent into play and then just win. Yep. Yeah. This is just, just raw power. You know, you don't even have to come up with any imaginary scenarios where you scroll rack to the perfect cards into there. You just yeah, you take, don't. like, literally half your deck and put it onto the table. <laughs> so if that doesn't win you the game, you're de- you weren't going to win. Yeah. Um, if that isn't, if it doesn't create a nightmare for Enter the Battlefield triggers, then I don't know what does. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis Wave is, like, one of those cards that's like, oh, yeah, and then he Genesis Waved for 20, and then this happens. Yeah, You know, exactly. it's like, And woof. then he swung for 387,000 damage, and we all died. Yeah, I think this was in the Legacy Cube on Magic Online, and I Twin Caster Maged it. <laughs> I still lost the game. Really? But like, we both had Eldrazi out. It was ridiculous. Like, he just Genesis Waved a little better than I did. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was really happy to do it. Unfortunately, it did not turn into anything big for me. <laughs> Uh, next up, in terms of cards that are cast for a lot of mana, we have, for me, at number six, Tooth and Nail. Uh, and we still haven't This is actually yet. very similar to Genesis Wave. Yeah, um, it has a very similar effect, except this one's a little more controlled, and there are people that will play this card to just win. Yeah, Genesis in, Wave is like a nuclear weapon, and this is like a surgical strike yeah, bomb. Yeah. yeah, so Tooth and Nail is five and two green for a sorcery. It says, choose one. Search your library for up to two creature cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. So that's very prototypical green. Mm-hmm. Or put up to two creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield. And the one that really makes this a sweet card is it says entwine for two, which means you can pay an additional two colorless mana when you cast this. So instead of seven mana, it's nine mana, and you get to do both. So a lot of people just do this to get a geeky jeeky and a pestermite, and they win the yep. game. You know, It says go find any two creatures in your deck. Put them onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. They get a Triskelly and a Micaeus, and yeah. they've won the game. There's know? so many combinations of two specific creatures that just win you the game on the spot that this is like, tooth and nail, I win. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's the main reason that Rafaelis was banned, just right. because if they play a really early tooth and nail, it's very hard to stop. Yeah, because someone yeah. could fetch out an Ulamog with this and cheat it onto the battlefield as early as turn I don't know, like three or four with the right elves deck. With Rafaelis, you can do stuff like that on turn four. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tooth and Nail, very powerful. Yeah, super good card. Yeah, very similar to Genesis Wave. It's the same type of effect. Yeah. Um, oh, here we go. So my number 
six, six is the same as your number five. So Two we can talk about it all at one stone. time. We all we basically had it rated the same. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's Crater Hoof Behemoth. Big Daddy. This is a big guy. He just is like a giant toad. I don't know what he is. He says he's a beast, but he looks like so much more than that. I love this card. <laughs> I hope it never gets reprinted so I can always hoard my copies. <laughs> it's from Avacyn Restored. Uh, it's a mythic. It's five and three green for a five five creature beast with haste. Very relevant. When Craterhoof Behemoth enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain trample and plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control. Boom. This is like a super big overrun. Overrun yeah. is what we call the type of effects that pump your whole team and give them trample. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally overrunning them. Yeah. And so Craterhoof is just one of those cards where you almost never play it until you win. Until you play it and win. Yeah. So you usually drop it. It gives all your creatures plus 12, plus 12, and trample, and then you just kill everybody or whoever's yeah. left. I've rarely seen Crater Hoof Behemoth enter the battlefield and not kill at least two people. Yeah. And usually those are the last two people in the game. Yeah. It, I, you rarely see one resolve that doesn't like immediately win. I, I, yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Yeah. And, of course, flickering this big bad guy yep. is even crazier. Uh, yeah. The big one is plus X plus X, where X is the number of creatures you control. So even two creatures, it's plus two plus two. Like, that is not insignificant. Well, it gives them trample. And it gives them trample, So if those yeah. two creatures are big, then... The, the big one is trample, because a lot of times, like, I have 50 tokens. Like, great. You can block five of my guys and still take a billion damage, yeah. you know? So. But usually he's played in, like, Prosh or, shoot, mm-hmm. uh, Avenger of Zendikar. Yeah. You put him out. You know, you make nine zero ones, then you put Crater Hoof Behemoth out, out, and now you you've got 11. nine nine tens. No, you get eleven because you get the Avenger, the nine guys, and oh, yeah. Crater Hoof. So, so then everyone dies. Yeah, yeah they're giant, yeah. Um, and they're just little plants too. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> well, since I ruined your number five, I'll read my number five. Um, it's doubling season. I don't actually want to talk about it yet because you have it much higher. So we'll talk about it when you get to it. Sure. Do you want to say any any words of of uh, happiness towards? Doubling season. Well, yeah. well, let's talk about. I have. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to it. You've got it at number two. I've got sure. it at number five. So we'll talk about the difference there uh, when we get there. Yeah. You want to go with your number my, four? My uh, number four is um, a, this exact same mana cost as my number ten. You have my elder. If you haven't guessed it, it's Eternal Witness. It's Such one a good card. and two green. So one green green for three total for a two one creature human shaman. Don't care about any of that. When Eternal, when Eternal Witness enters the battlefield, you may return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's a regrowth, mm-hmm. which was one in a green for a sorcery that did this, except for one extra mana, you just get a two-two with it. Yep. And also having the card stay two on. Sorry. Oh, sorry, two-one. Having the card stay on the battlefield means you can flicker it, you can mm-hmm. bounce it to your hand, play it again, you can reuse the effect a lot easier. I see more Eternal Witnesses played, I feel like, than any other card, just because people see the inherent value and are like, "Great, I'm going to find a way to get this back into my hand yep. or back onto the battlefield somehow." Yep. And green is one of those colors that can get creatures out of its yard, Mm -hmm. you know, and so you can play this again. And this is, I don't think I play a green deck that doesn't play Eternal Witness. It's it's sort of an every green deck has this card. Yeah, the card is superbly good. In fact, um, I have it one one place higher. I have it at number three for me. Oh, would you look at that? I stole your thunder. You stole my thunder. Um, What's your number four, though? My number four is Greater Good. Oh, this is one of Craig's pet cards. Yeah, it's two and two green for an enchantment. It says, sacrifice a creature, draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power, then discard three cards. So, sacrifice effects we've talked about many times, and I know the tuck rule has slightly changed it, but tuck, but sacrifice effects are still really good because of things like insurrection, mm-hmm. control magics, anything that steals your stuff, you want to sack it so they don't get it. Yeah. Also, you often want to sacrifice your own creature just because it has some effect when it dies. So if you've got Child of Valara or, you know, I don't know, there's a million creatures that say when this creature goes to the graveyard, mm-hmm. do this thing. Or let's say you've got Dictative Erebos out, which says whenever you, whenever one of your creatures dies, everybody else has to sack a creature. So yeah. there's a lot of reasons to have a sack outlet. And then this one draws you cards. Pretty so, solid. Yeah, people, I think, over they overemphasize the fact that after you draw the cards, you have to discard three cards. Mm-hmm. You know, they think, well, what if I have a 2-2 out? A lot of times, even if you have a 2-2 out, it's still good to sacrifice it to greater good because what if you have lands in your hand and you don't need a lot of lands? Yeah. I mean, I'd say like three is what people would say is acceptable, but think about what you're doing every time you use like a looter yeah. in Magic. You go one for one. You draw a card, discard a card. Yep. What's so bad about drawing three cards and discarding three cards? You still get to see three more cards, and chances are you'll have a card that 
will either get the card back from the graveyard or is actually better in the graveyard, like Genesis or any And of those if numbers. you're desperate, you can do it for less just to cycle through your deck. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you're just like, I'm literally going to die next turn and I have to find a board wipe. Yeah. Or I have to find... You know, I remember playing a game a few weeks ago where I... I was playing against Craig and of course he was playing infect and I had six poison counters and he had a, a guy that could do put four poison counters on me mm-hmm. and it was unblockable. And I was like, I just have to dig and find a card that can stop that thing. And you know, greater good helped me like dig, 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 and then find a maze of it, you know, and yeah. put that out. And that's just going to like, okay, now I can, and it wasn't efficient. Like I might've just started with seven cards in my hand and ended with four, but I didn't die. Yeah. So and you got to see your deck and you could make, I would rather have a four card hand that I could choose every card instead of a random seven card hand, if that makes yeah. sense. And I'd rather still be alive. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That <laughs> pretty valid point there. <laughs> um, moving on. My number three is, uh, cause your number three is eternal witness. My number three, uh, I'm sad to see that this wasn't on your list. Cause I think this card is just very powerful. It's awesome. It's banned in a lot of formats. Yeah. Um, survival of the fittest yeah and it recently got reprinted by the way not really in tempest remastered which is a uh, magic online only format is that really a reprinting it's not a reprinting uh but they bumped it up to mythic rare it used to just be a rare and this is definitely mythic rare status it's one in the green for an enchantment uh for green you pay green discard a creature card then search your library for a creature card reveal that card and put it into your hand then shuffle your library Holy moly. It's amazing. Um, yeah. It wa- only wasn't Mythic before because when it came out, they didn't have that Mythic right. Rares they didn't yet. Have that yeah. yet. Uh, this card is unbelievable. I can't believe it's not on my list. I do have it in my honorable mentions. I play it in a lot of decks. Um, it's just, it's so toolboxy too. And green is very toolboxy because yeah. a lot of their creatures have entered the battlefield effects. So what this allows you to do is always have the answer at the time you need it yeah and it's it's so good for just i mean being able to discard stuff in edh is really actually very very relevant and important um a lot of times the first thing i do is discard something go get anger yeah then do and and the thing about uh survival of the fittest is you you don't tap it it's not only once per turn so then you just pay the two mana again dump anger in your one mana oh one man to to discard it and yeah yeah and then is it only one mana yeah it's only (laughs) Holy crap. Yeah, it, it costs two to drop, and you can activate it for one. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, so yeah, you could just go get Anger. Then you immediately activate Survival Fittest again, put Anger in your graveyard, and go get something else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Anger's a card you want in your graveyard. Yeah, exactly. So it, this card's just amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So very powerful enchantment. Easily one of the most busted cards ever. I, need, I only have one, and I have to find the right places to put it. Essentially, that's how powerful it is. Um, go ahead and do your number two, because... All right, so my numero dos is doubling season slash parallel live slash primal vigor slash I don't that think kind of per- effect. I think specifically doubling season, specifically though, because doubling parallel season. lives doesn't do the same exact thing. Yeah, doubling season is incredibly powerful because it does have slightly different text than the other. Uh, parallel versions. lives doesn't do anything for planeswalkers, and I yeah. think that's what puts doubling season into this category of like bonkersness, and yeah. also one one counters, which parallel lives doesn't do. Yeah, right. exactly. So doubling season is four and a green for an enchantment, and if an effect would put one or more tokens onto the battlefield under control it puts twice that many of those tokens onto the battlefield instead and if an effect to place one or more counters on a permanent you control it places twice that many of those counters on that permanent instead so i have an entire deck built around this enchantment which is just planeswalkers plus this in super friends it's insane it comes they come down with twice as many counters and you basically can immediately ultimate Mm -hmm. is there any planeswalker that you can't there's a lot that you can't oh and some don't actually have ultimates too yeah true true but most of that or a lot of them i would say say like 85 percent of them you can you can have them ultimate. enter the battlefield and you can ultimate them immediately. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy because most ultimates say win the game. Yeah, or do something that is so far-reaching and crazy that the game will never be the same after you do it. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, and also just token decks. So anything mm-hmm. that says put five one ones into play puts ten one ones into play. Yeah, and um, that's really where this card gets insane. It's like the Planeswalker effect is nice, but it requires a little more setup. And just in general, like Lingering Souls plus doubling season. Now you get potentially up to eight one one yeah. flyers in the air for three mana in and then let's say you've got cather's crusade that puts one one counter yeah. on everything when they come into play uh then all of a sudden you're double you know you're putting two one one counters and mm-hmm. i mean that just double effect can quadruple if yeah. you it gets the, out of hand yeah. so fast the the re- re- what? Go ahead. No, go oh, ahead. i was gonna say the reason it's so high up for me is that it's one of the 
definite must-answer cards when it hits the table. It's one of those cards where if somebody plays it out and says go, almost always if it's still there on their next turn, then they're going to win. Or they are so far ahead that it's... You almost never play doubling season out and then don't do something incredibly broken the very next time. Yeah, you want to make sure that you can protect it or at the very least have something to do with it so someone doesn't just cross and grip it the next turn. Yeah. I mean, I will play it out and hope it survives if, like, you look around and everybody's only got one or two cards and you think the chances are. But if it's like everyone's got a full grip of cards, then I'm just going to wait until I can either play doubling season and something else in the same turn, you know? Yeah, the card's super powerful. The only reason I had it lower is just there's there are decks that don't want it. True. You this know? is very true. Yeah, there are decks that have nothing to do with 1-1 counters, tokens, or planeswalkers, in which case, or just don't have enough of those things, mm-hmm. that doubling season is good. In fact, my uh, retooled Mar- Marquesa deck, although... <sighs> Marchesa is what the Wizards Pronunciation Guide says. I do Josh. not trust... Okay. <laughs> Small tangent. The wizard's pronunciation thing with the audio files telling me how to pronounce it, I don't agree with them. And because they've been wrong on occasions before, I don't have to. They yeah, don't actually true. know how the pronunciation works all the time, you know, because they wanted to say Anok and not Inoc. Mm-hmm. And then they changed it to Inoc when people were like, yo, AI makes the I sound. Yeah. And it has on all these other cards. Gave, who they say is Gave. Yeah, I do. I can't agree with that. That's this. That's lame. Gave a Gave is already a word. Yeah, and you would spell it like G A V E. Why yeah, would you, you spell it differently if it's going to be pronounced <laughs> the exact same? Yeah. So I'm going to keep calling it Gave. And whatever Marchesa is how we originally pronounced it. Yeah. By the way, Gave just sounds better because it's Gave, Guru of Spores. You yeah. Know, it's it sounds tribal. It, it yeah. sounds you know, Gave Guru of Spores. Anyway, okay, enough yeah, about that. The, the jokes are making themselves. So, uh, Marquesa, the Marchesa deck, um, I don't that I turned into five color with Child of Alara. That's why I'm talking about green. Mm-hmm. Don't freak out, everybody. Um, yeah, I had doubling season in there originally because it's all about one one counters. Took it out because it's not about putting a bunch of one one counters. It's sure. just about getting one. It's about getting one on them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. the reason I sort of bumped it down. Is just that I have a lot of green decks that don't want that card. I have a lot that want it. But, True. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, well, your number one is the same as my number two, so we can talk about it now. Hooray! Let's let's tell the future. Let's look deep into the future because we need an oracle of Moldiah. It's the oracle of Moldiah. Because <laughs> we need an oracle of Moldiah, and it is the oracle of Moldiah. Yeah, the future that she's telling is just very full of mana. Is she talking lands. to Neo right now? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> that oracle oh my gosh yeah and she was replaced she got uh, recast well, recast she, she passed away, she passed yeah, away yeah. Yeah. well the oracle of Moldiah does happen to pass away in game a lot because it is that powerful you have to yeah it's yeah. three yeah it's it's one of those things again it's like how many draw steps are you going to give them before this thing goes away because guess what each turn gets worse for everyone else yep um it's three in a green for a two two creature elf shaman and it's got three lines of text the first line you may play an additional land on each of your turns so she's in exploration. Exploration, yeah, yep. pretty good. Okay, second line, play with the top card of your library revealed. That's actually a downside. Downside, but then you may play the top card of your library if it's a land card. So Boom. she's sort of a Courser of Crufix and um, Exploration combined. Yeah. Sort of. For um, one extra mana. The thing about Oracle is you do this thing a lot where you look at the top card of your library, it's a land, you play it, and then you flip the top card of your library, and it's a land, and you, you play, play it. it. And so you just drew two cards and ramped. Yeah. And what are we always saying? What are the best things that every deck needs? Card draw and, and ramp. ramp yep. She does both. So Yeah. And really hitting two lands off of the top of your deck, there's nothing more satisfying because someone else around the table that doesn't have any kind of card draw has to draw their next two cards. And if their two cards are two lands, well, guess what? You got to filter through your lands and you're yep. like not the oracle of Maldial also helps you like get through like chunks of land in your deck mm-hmm, not just mm-hmm. like oh there was a land on top it's like sometimes there was four lands on top and the oracle of Maldial is going to really pull you out of a sticky situation um playing with the card on top is also nice if you have fetch lands and stuff you just be like hey i don't want that card there anymore yep. fetch shuffle it up. shuffle away maybe you'll flip a land and flip another sweet card you know yep absolutely uh this is a super powerful card in fact when i was making my list for most of the time I was making it, she was in the number one slot just like you. Oh, really? And near the end, I decided to switch it. What did you switch it to? Well, I switched it to the Sylvan Library. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, this card is pretty fantastic. It's uh, one in a green for an enchantment. It's a very old card. I think it's from Alpha. I remember it being around. I think it's from Unlimited, was the f- or 4th Edition is the first time it was printed, apparently. Really? Yep. It wasn't in Revised? 
fourth and fifth is revised fourth it was in legend or yeah it was in legends oh legends that's why legends was actually the first set that i owned my own cards oh really nice that's why um it's a one in a green for an enchantment it says at the beginning of your draw step you may draw two additional cards if you do choose two cards uh in your hand that were drawn this turn for each of those cards pay four life or put the card on top of your library so what you get to do is you get to draw three cards and either put two back or mm-hmm. pay four life for each one you want to keep. Yeah. So you get the first card for free, of course. So and it's the card selection. And four. And then yeah. the, the, the third one is eight life total. Yep. It sounds like a lot of life. It is. But the versatility to be able to if you mm-hmm. really need to. And also to just stack the top of your deck sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you, you can can't, order. Yeah, you can't take the cards that were already in your hand and right. put them on top of your deck. But of the three, you can choose one and then put the other two back in any order, mm-hmm. um, which is very powerful in, uh, you know, when you've got things like Genesis Hydras and things like that. Yeah. That you want to know what's there so you can control what you're flipping when you're saying like... Or just know when it's the best time to. It's like, hey, I don't want to draw this card yet. There's also sometimes that's like you have a Miracle card up top. You yep. don't want to draw it yet. You can just keep putting it right below the next one until it's the turn that yep. finally, hey, Sylvan Library, this is going to be the first card I draw this turn. Or Absolutely. And what you were saying earlier with fetch lands and things that can shuffle your library, mm-hmm. you can also say, oh, there's two lands there. I'm going to shuffle it away. So yeah. I get three new cards. And then... Don't discount a lot of times. You just like pay eight life. Keep both these cards. Yep. You know, that's and you just, definitely do that a lot. Just having the ability to do it is very, very strong. I mean, yeah. of course I have it at number one cause I love card draw. So yeah, I think the, uh, the, the only downside is that the four life per card does add up. If you're getting greedy for sure, like it very quickly will take you to 30, then to 20, then, uh, why are you still drawing cards? That? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, after you do it the first time, you're put two back, and now you're really only w- looking at one new card. Mm-hmm. So eventually, you do just want to pay the four life just to sort of look at more cards yeah. than you've already seen. So it's not, it's awesome. What am I talking about? Yeah. If there was a card that would just said pay four life, draw a card, I'd play it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what like Erebos does. I mean, he's pay two life and some mana, mm-hmm. but like, you know, we're used to paying life for cards. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um, you want to do a couple honorable mentions? Yeah, so those are our top 10. Uh, by no means are they official or, you know, le- totally legitimate. I mean, in my mind, this is how I just structure it and sort of my priorities, of course. Like, you can see why doubling season is higher up for you is because I have a lot of decks that are degenerate with this out on the board. I mean, all of our views are sort of shaped by what our decks are and what mm-hmm. we play against. So, I mean, what we've done in the past, and it works really well, is people please go to the comment section on Rocket Jump and give us your top 10 green yes. cards in order so everybody can see sort of what cards people are. You know, there's going to be ones that are similar. There's going to be ones that are different. And uh, it's really interesting to see what everybody says. And we can learn a lot that way from each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my first honorable mention, turns out it is not a $30 card. How much is it? It's like 90 Whoa. So we can't talk about it. Instead, I will mention uh, Scavenging Ooze. And Scavenging Ooze is one of those cards that kind of just gets it by under the radar. It does fly very far under the radar, and it is, it's incredibly good. So the mana costs are very similar to Survival of the Fittest. Um, you pay two mana, one in a green to get it down for a 2-2 creature Ooze. And then for a green, you can exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, play a plus one, plus one counter on Scavenging Ooze, and you gain one life. So big things to note here, you can exile any card in the library, not just your own. Or I mean, sorry, no, in the graveyard. Not just your own. It can be a creature. It can be a land. It can be an artifact. It can be any kind of spell. And if it's a creature card, you get upside. This creature gets bigger, and you gain a life. So it gets harder to kill, and mm-hmm. you get harder to kill. And it only costs one green. And it's graveyard hate. And it's graveyard hate, and it's very specific graveyard hate. You can do it at instant speed. You can, if someone throws like a Marchesa to the graveyard, guess what? You can just throw her back into the exile zone. By, and then by, she never comes back. She never yep. comes back. Well, I mean, in your deck, she wouldn't come back. But oh, if she was a commander, she would come yeah, back. Yeah, in commander, she would come You're back. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Yeah, but like this, this takes care of decks like Carador and any other decks that want to be messing around through graveyard. And it's so cheap, and it's something you can get out early, and people just kind of ignore. And and, and don't discount the fact that it can it can get rid of non-creature mm-hmm. cards it's just and oftentimes you will want yeah because if they've got snapcasters and stuff in their uh yeah. in their deck then you want to get rid of the instances of sorceries yeah actually you don't couldn't someone play a snapcaster target the spell and then you get rid of it within this i believe so use. yeah i believe in response you could do it yeah um don't quote us on that we <laughs> I'm yeah, not. A, I, I'm I not a judge. I still don't know how trample works. So <laughs> don't quote me on anything. I'm pretty sure you can. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very good card. Uh, my card is kind of a, a little bit 
of a narrow one, but it's a very unique effect. So I, I, I thought about putting it on my list for a while, but I decided it was too narrow. Yeah. It's Life from the Loam. It's one in a green for a sorcery. It says, return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. But it has dredge three. So what that means is if you would draw a card instead, you can put exactly three cards from the top of your library into your graveyard. If you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand. Otherwise, draw a card. So it, what you can do is you can choose to draw life from the loam from your graveyard mm-hmm. at the price of milling yourself for three. Yeah. And so that replaces your draw step for that turn. What are you, by chance, what could you be putting into the graveyard every time? Hopefully more lands. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, hopefully more lands. Um, This is just really powerful in conjunction with a lot of things like, yeah, Titania is one of them, but there's a lot of stuff that just wants to cycle your lands in and out. Crucible of World packages with strip mines and things like that are Mm -hmm. just very powerful. And just fetch lands just to get more use out of them and to thin your deck even more. And with landfall type cards. And, you know, this makes explorations and burgeonings and stuff and Azusa's and Oracles of Moldiah like a lot better. So it just has a lot of applications uh, and it's very, it's a a pretty unique effect. There's not a lot of cards that do stuff like this in this manner, repeatable. Yeah, yeah, dredging is one of those, again, one of those, things that people don't use enough of that could be very powerful because being able to get something back from your graveyard um, is so important and especially if it's on the card itself you don't have to play something else to get it done that's what dredge is great for yep Um, my next honorable mention is an enchantment by the name of earthcraft and josh is the one that introduced this one to me (laughs) yeah this card is broken it's a one in the green for an enchantment tap an untapped creature you control untap target basic land uh, so obviously this is a little more narrow. A lot of decks, like your five, uh, your five color decks, could not play this because right. you don't have many basic lands. But in a monocolor deck or even a two or three color deck, this can be insane. Especially with you, really like, only tokens. need one or two basic lands out mm-hmm. to make use of it because you can tap it, yeah, the land again, and then tap another. Like you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to have a billion out there. Right. Um, especially when you have stuff like tokens that aren't doing anything. Yep. Otherwise, like defender tokens or just zero one spores or whatever. Earth, well, Earthcraft and uh, Squirrel's Nest are just a classic infinite combo mm-hmm. where you tap a land to create a squirrel, then tap the squirrel to untap the land, then tap the land to create a squirrel, and that's infinite right there. Yep, make a billion squirrels. Yep, now all you need to do is untap them all and attack. So uh, it's Pretty an awesome powerful. card. Yeah, yeah, I really like Earthcraft. Um, and you showed it to me and showed me how broken it was when you played <laughs> against me. I was like, holy moly, this game is over. <laughs> yeah, that's a win the game card. Yeah. Um, my last honorable mention, let's just do one more, is sure. Garrick Wildspeaker. We've spoken of him before. He's two and two green for a three loyalty planeswalker. His plus one is untap two target lands. So good. His minus one is put a three three uh, green beast creature token onto the battlefield. And his minus four is creatures you control get plus three, plus three, and trample until end of turn. So his ultimate is not one of those you win the game ultimates. Really, what I love about this guy is he's ramp because his plus one is untapped two lands, Mm -hmm. but he also does something else. So we talked about this earlier where versatility with your ramp is really good because I wanted a lot of ramp cards, but ramp cards kind of suck when you draw them on turn 15 or 16, and at least Garrick still does stuff when you draw him that late he creates yeah. beast tokens if you want yeah not to mention he can get to his ultimate in one turn because it's plus uh, is minus right. four and he starts off with three so so it's... you can play him in like a token deck where if you put him out late in the game you just plus one him once and then ultimate him and use him as an overrun yeah garrick waldspeaker is definitely one of those classic uh i think one of the best in terms of garrick yeah for edh he's definitely at the top i think the fact that he costs four is really good too because you can get him out early and start mm-hmm. ramping yourself and then you can always create the beast if you have to yeah um hmm i have two more here i'm trying to think Doing both. One yeah sure court of calling x green green oh, yeah. green uh this got reprinted recently in m15 and used to be a super expensive rare and it's definitely gone down in price because it's super powerful it's really good it has convoke so your creatures can help cast this spell each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for one or one colorless or one mana of that creature's color uh, so you can search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost X or less and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So the fact that you can tap your own creatures to help pay for this is what makes Court of Calling so good. There's a lot of effects in green that do this, like Tooth and Nail, um, but this helps you create additional mana. So you could do this for like 11, you know, really yeah, easily. Yeah, you know, yeah. you could do some crazy stuff with it because you just have other creatures on the battlefield that you can tap to help pay for the spell. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that it's instant is yeah. like crazy, yeah. Very crazy. Um, okay, what's the last one? Uh, the last one would be Bane of Progress. And this is a card, I believe, that was printed 
in commander yeah it's printed in commander and it's four and two green for a two two creature elemental so vanilla test terrible but <laughs> when the pain of progress enters the battlefield destroy all artifacts and enchantments and play plus one plus one counter on bane of progress for each permanent destroyed this way it's uh crazy especially since if you're playing this card you're like playing a creature heavy deck yeah a lot of times it's like i lose one thing or nothing and everybody else loses like four or five things yeah and, and you get a giant creature in response to also you're playing green so your mana is not mana rocks like mm-hmm. a lot of other like this thing i've seen this thing come down and just like end the game because all of a sudden everybody else has half as much mana as they had a second ago but you're still good it is the bane of progress indeed (laughs) it stops all progress yeah um and i guess one more we should mention just because it's on your list and i know people will comment about it if we don't talk about the birthing pod oh yeah yeah so the reason it's a lot like survival of the fittest yeah but just slightly worse yeah um but it's still awesome. The reason it's not in my top 10 and probably not yours is it is a little more narrow. And you kind of have to have a build around me to really make full use of it to make it good. Because the Birthing Pod decks in Modern that were super good were built to go from 2 to 3 to 4 to 5 to 6 and get those creatures on that order, you know? Yeah, I agree, sort of. I think it's still fine, though. Like, yeah. almost always you can find a target. Find a target and, you know, green so toolboxy. I just find that I, I'm going to play for Survival of the Fittest and Fauna Shaman, and do I really need another card mm-hmm. that does that effect? And, you know, I do play it in some decks, and some decks want the sack outlet more than they want, like, a discard something from your hand outlet. Yeah. So it's I think it is slightly worse, but I think that there are definitely decks that would want it more than a Survival of the Fittest type thing. Yeah, that's true. All right. All so right, cool. those are our top 10 lists for green. Again, we have a comment section on the website. We also have a Twitter at man cast let us know what we missed or what you guys like and are your hidden pet cards uh because these you know, these, these ones tend to get quite a reaction i'm sure we're gonna miss some cards that people think are yes. awesome and you know a lot of times people are like what about this card and you're i'm like yeah it's awesome yeah. i don't know like I, you know geez. i missed it yeah in the 20 years of magic i, <laughs> I kind of missed it um, uh, and I'm sure if I look through my decks, I'll be able to find a bunch. And I'm like, wait, why didn't I mention this incredibly good card, et cetera, et cetera, ad nauseum. All right. Uh, time for the end step. Yeah. The end step today is brought to you by copper tubes uh, that are running through my house that you can hear <laughs> all the water in the background from. Uh, I'm sure you guys know it popped in somewhere halfway around the podcast. Uh, that is just someone taking a shower. Yep. Not much we can do about it. Yeah. But uh, hopefully it becomes like white noise in the background. It, it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it's, it's happened be before. Yeah. yeah, and we also have, like, very directional mics, so they won't pick up as much as we're hearing in real life. We are obsessed with our sound quality, though, so it is annoying to <laughs> us to, it's true. To, that it might mess it up a little, but yeah. hopefully we'll be fine. I mean, you could get really technical, and I'd be like, stop, so you can record the noise. <laughs> hammer and then, time. And then I could, yeah, hammer time. And then I could take that noise sample and then apply it to the part of the clip <laughs> and actually deconstruct that part of the audio with a clean feed of we won't make eli do that let's not do that you know even now with this little background noise it's still much better than uh than ryan uh ryan's mic when we were on brainstorm oh yeah still fine (laughs) oh there's like a hailstorm going on every time he talked yeah i think it was because he i think he turned it onto his uh his laptop microphone or his computer microphone so you heard the room and like a fan next to it and then whenever someone talked it came out of a speaker so it started echoing and i was like oh no 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 (laughs) so the echo was pretty nice And it like, happens. And you just, know, that happened to us on the Marshall episode. Yeah, I know. Bit, Josh, so. Yeah, Josh accidentally did not record him on the real mic. So, yeah, my bad. I, like I learned idea, since then. Yeah. And also, I will say this, on the Rafik episode, I also didn't do that. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Josh, but I went back and I re-recorded my entire dialogue for the entire episode and slotted it into the Rafik episode. I had no idea you did now that. I do. If you listen to that episode, all my dialogue is me listening to it and then trying to copy it exactly how I said it originally onto my crappy laptop mic because I was like, I can't have bad audio quality. Holy crap. I am going to go listen to that episode again. Yeah, just for that. I didn't. You never even told me that. No, it's my it's my secret. Well, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. You just yeah. told a few thousand people. Yeah, that's the end set for today. Uh, <laughs> you can probably hear me like slur some words because I'm trying to. You know, it's that thing where have you ever had that app where you plug it in and it and you are trying to read something and then plays it back to you like a half second after you're reading. It's so it. hard to do it. Yeah, you just blah 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 blah. blah. A lot of actors speak. do that. Um, oh, interesting. They put in an earpiece and they literally because they a lot of like especially film actors are not necessarily great at memorizing lines. Mm-hmm. And that's how they do it. Interesting. So you can you can learn that skill, but yeah. it's hard you when you first like, try yeah, it. You have yeah. to like filter out your uh, your 
from your brain waves. Uh, and just like that, the water has stopped. And that must mean that we are at the conclusion of an episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. That'll do it for our top 10 green cards. Uh, we'll cover the other colors at some point. Don't worry. We'll get there. Uh, and we just wanted to remind you guys, go check out our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. If you guys do enjoy the modern format or are just getting into it, these guys have a lot of episodes that sort of span the whole range of topics to cover from modern. They have really good guests, uh, and it's just, I think, a really good place to start if you're looking to get into modern. You can find them on rocketjump.com right next to us. You mm-hmm. can also follow them on Twitter, at the MMCast. And also, because we did the top 10 green cards, Jimmy, you're going to be on that podcast yes. pretty soon because they always have you come on to read what the commander top 10 list was yeah when they do their top 10 modern because sometimes cards. it matches up other times it's like spell skype makes it on the top 10 artifacts and we're just like spell, <laughs> spell skype dark steel citadel get well, out never of here. even play that card have you ever heard of blight steel colossus modern <laughs> players that's what i thought um yeah so i always go on there and, and uh, deliver our picks uh, i think they're gonna do another one of the colors soon that we did that they haven't covered yet it might be white i believe oh so, so you're gonna go to on to do that yeah i think thalia is gonna make it on that list and she did not make it on ours well yeah because they love two drops and I know. we're just not quite as crazy about them in our format. i mean i'm trying to play insurrection over here so lay <laughs> well, off me. you're successfully playing insurrection actually yeah exactly i've um, seen it oh one last thing gp vegas oh yes gp vegas is coming up it's in about a month um we're planning on having a gathering uh of our listeners of the masters of modern listeners uh we're gonna gather with the brainstorm brewery guys yeah reverend and fuego if you're out there hopefully we know we're gonna we want to play with edh with him anyway we're kind of looking to get a count of how many listeners are planning to go to vegas so and uh, would be willing to and want to meet up and, yeah, meet and up play one of the days and play yeah probably one of the evenings we're gonna get there on wednesday we know the gp starts uh friday I or think is it the, Thursday. It's, no, I think it starts Saturday, but right. But the, there's uh, there's events on Friday, but the mm-hmm. main event I think starts Saturday. Anyway, it'll probably be like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. Probably Thursday or Wednesday is most likely. Yeah, maybe Thursday, just because I don't know when everyone else is getting in. I know yeah. some people might be coming in just for the Saturday Sunday. Anyway, it's obviously not planned, and it will be predicated, uh, or it'll sort of hinge on how many of you are showing up and when you're all showing up. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way I think to do this is email us or tweet at us um, if you're going to be in GP Vegas and yeah, just give us a general idea. If you want to hang out and play EDH with us, or maybe we're we're thinking about drafting like conspiracy oh, a matchup, yes. or maybe we'll do all of that. You know, maybe we'll just have a big night where we all get together for you know four or five hours and do a bunch of stuff like that. Um, and we're gonna we'll figure out a location and everything depending on what the turnout looks like. It's going to be mm-hmm. so we're just trying to sort of gauge that. So let us know if you're going to be there you know, um, and what, and what days you think you're going to be there. And then we can sort of start to formulate a plan. Yeah. I'm really excited. I, I, it's going to be like the fastest, best four or five days of my like year, I think. Yeah. I'm super stoked about it. There's going to be gambling. There's going to be magic. There's going to be meeting all the listeners. There's going to be hanging out with cool magic personalities. And opening packs. Opening packs. Yeah. Yeah. Playing I tons of EDH. Excited, yeah. uh, it's going to be awesome. So I mean, Vegas is such a good place to have an event like this. Vegas is awesome without magic. So then we just added the (laughs) awesomest thing to a place that's already awesome. Like, come on. Yeah. Super stoked. Let us know. Um, If you're on the fence about going, then, I mean, I can't think of a single reason why you wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, in terms of just historically, this event's going to be huge. But also, like, you're you're not going to go to a GP this big ever, maybe ever again. You know, you never know. Like, this kind of thing could be a once in a lifetime sort of event. And I'm not even being hyperbolic. I I mean, it's hard for it to get much bigger. At a certain point, they would have to split it up and do an East Coast one and a West Coast one at the same time just to keep the numbers manageable because you can't literally have a tournament that's got 20,000 people in it. They actually want to, they will split the Mm -hmm. uh, event into two if they get enough people registering. Also, they're giving away like moxes and stuff with the more people that register. Yeah, it's crazy. I haven't won one yet, which sucks, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they've done done the drawing quite yet, but. uh... You know, hey, it's a good thing to gamble on, right? (laughs) Anything's a good thing to gamble on, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. uh, So we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Yep. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later. Alligator.
Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.